tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, Ed McGrogan here with Steve Tigner and Richard Pagliaro for the latest tennis.com podcast. Our uh, audio efforts as good as our first cracks on the tennis court outdoors. Richard and I had a, had a little head ourselves out in Bedford, New York, the lovely courts. Is it Red? The Red Lion School? The Red Fox School? Uh, Fox Lane. Fox Lane. Fox Lane School. Where fo- we were honorary foxes out there. Right? Yeah. So we... <laughs> It's one of the benefits of being outside the city, I guess. So who won? Oh, we never got. We just we weren't. You just hit. You didn't play a match. We just hit. He's just next time. Yeah, (laughs) kind of next time we're going to get to first serves. Yeah, exactly. We're we're starting up slowly, building up to serving eventually. (laughs) But Steve, you're in the city, so how? So how? I know you had. I know you had a hit. Yeah, it was good. It was good. You know, it's amazing how quickly you go back to your usual patterns. I felt like doing the same things well and the same things poorly as I've done for the last 15 years, which is sometimes good and sometimes frustrating, right? So you're, and you're yeah, on. But, but once they, once when you're playing for the Heineken, that's when you bring the A, the A game at all times. <laughs> <laughs> you're always sandbagging early. That's what uh, I heard. <laughs> it doesn't work out for me that way. You only have, you only have up to go. I mean, I, I guess if you want to look at it that way. I don't know if that's true in the long run. No, you've kind of plateaued. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Plateaued for twenty five years. You're on you're on clay though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Green clay, green clay. And uh, do you ever get to hit out on outdoor hard, outdoor hard at all? Around yeah, the- I do. I like it. I like I like getting the chance to do that. But usually I play on clay. Yeah, we're going to talk about a little clay here. Real bad segue, but we're going to talk about clay. Um, women's in particular. We went over the men last week, and they're in Monte Carlo right now. Um, the the main event for the women starting next week is in Stuttgart Porsche Grand Prix, and the field is very good. Um, aside from Serena Williams, uh, Venus Williams, I, I'm pretty sure is also not in this field. Kim Kleisters, she announced she will be done for essentially the entire clay season a couple days ago, but everybody else is in there, um, leading with Azarenka, of course. Uh, she, last time we see her, she is coming off um, a loss in Miami. I, I only mention that because we got to see Novak Djokovic after a loss of his and Indian Wells sort of restore a lot of confidence. Um, you know, his loss was to Isner, of course, but you know, the Miami one coming into clay help. Just as as it goes for Azarenka, what do you guys really think about her in terms of clay prospects? Um, what's kind of her ceiling? What do you guys realistically think she's going to well, do? Well, now, I mean, now we'll see. It's sort of now's the the real test is for her. The momentum's gone. The streak's over. How good is she going to be? Is she going to keep winning at that kind of pace? She is working with Amelie Moresno, Moresmo now, um, presumably to add some sort of all-court game, uh, all-court elements to her game. Uh, she's, she hasn't ever been to the semis or beyond at the French Open, but I don't see any reason why she wouldn't be good on clay. She's steady. Uh, she hits with decent pace. I saw her play a terrible match at the French Open a couple of years ago, losing to Dolko early, but um, but she had a pretty decent clay season last year. She got to the final in Madrid, so you know, I don't see her winning every tournament, but but one of these, I can definitely see her winning one of these warm-ups, Stuttgart, Madrid, or Rome. You mentioned the Moresmo thing earlier, Richard, about, about Azarenka. Um, just any additional thoughts you maybe have on her since she's really 
been the you know been the story this year for the women's game. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Steve. I think she's you know she hasn't done it yet in a big way on clay, but I think certainly she has the game. And and I like the fact that when we've seen her from this run from January to now, you have seen her trying to broaden her game a little bit, use the front court, play a little more angles, even using the drop shot a little against someone like Sharapova, and maybe the idea with Moresmo. Like Steve said, the all-court aspect, and also that Moresmo could play with the height, you know, get the ball really high, shoulder high, and then flatten it out. And maybe that's another sort of step in her evolution is to try to vary her height a little bit more because every, a lot of the top 10 players are similar sort of flat style and maybe be able to mix it up a little bit more height-wise on clay. But, but yeah, I think she's you got to look at her as one, of, especially now with Kleister's out and, you know. I mean, I would say Serena, if she could play the level she played in Charleston, is going to be really dangerous. But um, yeah, that, that is one thing we'll about see. this term we're not going to really find right, out is where Serena is. I guess how these players stack up to her, because um, you know, Serena's form looked extremely just punishing out in Charleston. But um, we're not going to see her till Madrid, I'm pretty certain, and um, and that does leave a void in this tournament for sure. But um, you know, most every other player is there. I think one player. I'm most curious to talk about it is Kvitova because it's been um, really a, a, a year in neutral for her ever since the Australian Open, and I wonder if 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 the clay surface will you know presumably that gives her obviously some more time to set up those shots a little bit. Um, her kick should work very well also on that surface. Um, I think heading to Europe also might not be a bad thing for her. Definitely some some greater comforts around there. She was just in the U S and Australia, of course. So I could definitely, I could definitely see Kvitova sort of reemerging with a result and, and us saying, Oh, you know, that's where she is. It was kind of silly of us to really write well, her off. I guess she's coming off. She and her coach are pretty happy. She, she, they're coming off a big two week um, training session in Turkey. I guess she felt like she was out of shape uh, after Key Biscayne. She feels like she's now she's in better shape. First, she has to play on hard courts in fed cup this weekend but I think you're. I think you're right. She clay is a could be a good surface for her. She won in Madrid last year, and she really looked good at the French Open until until she lost to to Lee Na, um, and she had won the first set there. Uh, yeah, she she is dangerous, and I think she doesn't she doesn't seem to like playing in the U.S. It feels more comfortable over there. So. So I, you know, definitely look for for her to reassert herself. And you put the roof over her head; she's a different player under the roof. I mean, yeah, this just is, the, especially with the serve, the conditions. She's a little more condition sensitive, I would say, than maybe the other players. But once, I mean, look at what she did last year indoors; it was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And outdoors at Wimbledon, but yeah, yeah. but yeah. you're right. This is an indoor clay event um, in Stuttgart here, so definitely something to you know to to note when you're thinking about. Uh, the players and, and some of the matchups there. Since you mentioned Fed Cup, um, the semifinals are this weekend. Um, Russia, Serbia, that's in Russia. And the Petrovitova led Czechs uh, host Italy. So, um, Italy, the, of course, Fed Cup dynasty, more or less, for the past four or five years. And um, so, those are the two matches this week. They're back. But back to um, what we have in, in Stuttgart. Any, anything since we mentioned Serena, kind of what you guys think, does, does that really, um, is, do you kind of want to hold judgment until we, see, until we see the big combined event in Madrid where kind of all the cards are on the table? Well, you have to. She, she said even in Charleston, she feels like she's always ready to win the French Open, but something always goes wrong. Uh, one thing I would say for her there, she put together two back-to-back 
really strong matches, and she seemed almost surprised and impressed by herself. She had said that she she can reach that level again, but she hasn't been able to do it consistently. So that's something that it's good that that's in her mind, and it's and it was a positive that that she feels you know that she can put back to back good matches together because that's you know that's sort of what's been lacking at at the slams and, and recently. In Madrid, the players tend to say that it's faster because of the conditions there and you also have the option with the roof so i think that that could suit you know they're going to the blue blue clay i don't know what kind of difference that'll have but i mean i think that the conditions there are being a little bit faster of a clay core that should certainly help her on the serve they players usually say that the bounce is a little bit higher in paris than it is at a place like charleston with the hard truth so it'll be be interesting but i thought she handled the stoser the kick and the high i thought she handled those shots real well stepping in and moving really well and she just you know, she just looked real confident. And just the fact that, she, like we were talking earlier, she has the place in Paris. She really seems to love Paris. I mean, I think that's a that's a big push for her this year. Because she in 2010, she could have won it. I think if she would have beat Stoser, she would have won it, I think. Which of you guys have watched Kerber play this, this year or since really the last U.S. Open? Because um, she's a player that has been sort of unavoidable in terms of seeing and the results um, really backed up that semifinal at the Open since then and has been kind of a consistent quarterfinal or better presence. And and this tournament is in Germany, and we talked about last year how Gerges won this there. So I think if you're looking for that sort of off-the-top 10 pick um, and, and really kind of a, a, a good chance to, to see her against the top players because she's going to be drawn against you know the Azarenka, a potential Azarenka Sharapova Kvitova, you know, relatively early in in this draw. So Kerber, I think, is a player. You know, Warren's mentioning because yeah, of all she, those reasons. Um, she also just beat Wozniacki in, in Copenhagen. In Copenhagen. Yeah. I saw some of that match. I was impressed by. You know, she's left-handed. She she hits hard. She has a she has a good flat two-handed backhand. Um, I was impressed by how confident she was at the end of the match. She didn't seem to have any trouble. Closing it, you know, she did have some trouble closing out, but she, she, I got the feeling like she felt like she should win that match. It, it seemed like a different level of um, belief for somebody at her who's currently at her sort of second tier level. I, I think, you know, I, I think we're going to see more of her. And, and, and you're right, Stuttgart would make sense as a place where she'll where she'll do well and maybe surprise somebody. And I like the fact against those players, I think she's four and one or five and one in her last six against top twenty players. And against those players, she's not waiting for something to happen. You saw against. Even Yankovic, she took her apart in the semis where she'll step in to try to take it on the rise and push the other players. She's not waiting for something to happen. She's making it happen. That is essentially your women's preview wrap for that Stuttgart tournament. Also Fed Cup, like we said, this weekend. On Wednesday when we return for the podcast, we'll get into these events as um, as this goes underway. Also take a look back at Monte Carlo, which I will presume, I think we're going to see that Nadal-Djokovic final, um, and it would be quite a scene to do it. The tournament that you want to attend most, I believe, mm-hmm. Steve, that's correct? Someday I'm going to get there. I should yeah. have gone this year for that final. Yes, exactly. Save your money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Get you and DY in a doubles quality next year, though. <laughs> yeah, Steve, you had a good stat about Young, actually. Donald Young. Why the or I should say the American um, resistance and Monte Carlo. Yeah, Monte Carlo. We you know, you know, America was the clay nation a couple of weeks ago. Isner <laughs> and Serena yeah. won. They there was one American in Monte Carlo. It was Donald Young, and he won one game. So we're back to you know square one on 
on dirt. Right. It's a humbling sport. (laughs) It really is. is. All right. Thanks for listening. Richard Pagliaro, fellow hacker, Steve Tigner, (laughs) Ed McGrogan. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 